Alright y'all, what is going on? This is your man L. Jamal coming back with another segment of what I like to call upon for the review. Yes, this is when I go back and do my uh, reviews either on any on any type of me uh, media, music, movies, TV, or actually historical events as well. Uh, this time around, I'll be going back to a year. I'll be going back to the year musically of 2004. I'll be going over the top 100 songs, not every single song. Uh, Actually, yeah, just about every single song. Yeah, let's keep it real. About every single song here. Um, and part of the reason why is, well, um, this was a very unique year for me in my life. Um, this is, in, and in terms of music and me being a fan of music, uh, this is kind of the first year that I realized uh, just kind of how the music game does stuff and, you know, how they uh, use techniques of like playing a certain song all day to create, you know, certain popularity. And I kind of got an idea about how that stuff is molded and kind of how that stuff is shaped just through being a fan of music this year. We had a little bit of everything uh, in 2004. We had, uh, we pretty much had, you know the status quo uh maintaining there you know maintaining that uh we also had some breakthrough artists as well we also had some debuts as well of course we have the one hit wonders the what the hell uh what the hell do you call that type of stuff we we had all we had a little bit of everything and of course uh we had the major monster smashers as well so we're gonna uh how i'm gonna break this down of course and, and this is what well well let me just uh bring you guys up to date on me and how i've been uh i have been gone for a little bit uh I did hurt my back at work. Nothing significant, uh, but definitely some pain there. Uh, definitely enough to have me wanted to rest a little bit, uh, stretching. I've been doing a lot of that, uh, so that's been that's been good. That's been good on that front. Uh, just just enough pain to kind of keep me not focusing too much on or wanting to focus on certain activities. So uh, I be, I was able to get notes and I was able to come back and edit this uh, and, and cut this down or you know or basically get a structure of how I wanted to do it. I really didn't. End doing too much editing really just more structuring about uh, how i wanted to do this specific uh this this specific segment today but uh in general uh i've been back though i'm back though um i gotta i want to do some working out uh that's been killing me i haven't been able to work out like i wanted to honestly i think if i would have just kept it out of pocket to do like a done like some walking or some night jogging like that so i really don't like uh not being able to work out like i want to or how i want to at the moment uh that's been bugging me but i'm actually back now so i should be getting back into the swing of my personal things soon actually you know pretty much now as of today i'm pretty good uh but uh and as far as this goes like i said i really did i came into this uh segment here with no clear direction at first so it took me a minute after i went through the top 100 songs uh listened to a good amount of them of course i i remember a lot of these and this was part of the reason why i wanted to choose specifically specifically this year because uh this year 2004 not 2019 of course but uh i just specifically chose 2004 because uh, again i could go back and i can cover you know different events throughout history or different tv shows that i wasn't necessarily alive to see but i you know saw whatever uh but uh i definitely wanted to make sure that i covered the years that really meant something to me because again i got a chance to connect with i was there i was listening to these songs like every day whether or not i wanted to whether or not i wanted to that had nothing, that you know that's just the way the radio goes and uh again i kind of like i said i kind of understood radio politics and i kind of understood you know what the status quo was in terms of music because of this year and and just how they promoted that in 2004 
So, um, yeah, basically, it took me a while to kind of get a direction about how I wanted to, to plot everything out. Again, I went through the top 100 first and then through the top 10, of course. Uh, so, it, I bounced around with ideas to ideas, but... Uh, you know what? I'm going to let it organically flow. Like I said, I, I finally got a, you know, uh, an idea about how, which I, about how I wanted to roll. So let's just go ahead and get right into it. And, um, I'll update you guys on what's up, what's next to come in terms of this show in general, when I get to the end. All right, y'all. So let's get into it. Like I said, we are back in the year 2004. So that means we got our football jerseys out, our basketball jerseys turned, uh, turn backwards uh we got baggy shorts baggy jeans air force ones of course the white folks got the anchor blue in the oakley you already know we're talking about 2004 yes i said it this is a year where you saw a little bit of everything of course you did see status quo you did see breakout artists you did see uh new artists on the scene uh to, to make their debut uh you also saw uh veterans you saw a lot of veterans doing their thing of course and then um you also saw some one-hit wonders uh, again, this is probably just like any other year. Again, this could be like 1968, 1964 when the Beatles were on top. But again, I was around. Um, I, I I lived it. And I think, you know, part of the part of another part of the reason that, you know, really drove me to do this year specifically because this year, it's 2004, was single driven. I, I can't. When I say single driven, I mean, you know, the song, you know, certain songs. Certain songs just changed the course of history, and I believe changed the way in which we look at music and how we consume it. Uh, I, I believe the single, as as its own, you know, entity, took over. I don't think the album became as important. Well, actually, no. In the case of one artist, we get to that guy. I, if we're talking about 2004, I'm pretty sure you already should know who this guy is. If you guys don't already know, you can't go back to 2004 and think about who this guy automatically is. Well, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. Came up with another reason to do this. But listen, anyways, let's get into it. This is the year 2004. Uh, let's get into some of the, the notable tracks that, you know, you guys might remember. But you might not. But let's get right into it. Of course, we're going to start at number 17 with Nickelback. Everybody's hated band nowadays. They came on the scene. Actually, this was their one of their second singles that I can that I can think of. I believe they charted with one of their their, their uh, tracks that was on the uh, Spider-Man soundtrack. And it might have just been track uh, the, 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 the lead singer Chad Kroger getting the credit for that. But anyways, Nickelback appears on these on this charts. This blows my mind because again, everybody hates them now. Uh, they, I've seen this happen. I see excerpts from a concert in Portugal about 2008 when they actually started to throw the rocks at the band. So this band has been derided. This band has been universally, like I said, hated. It's universally hated now. But here they are charting significantly in 2004. We also got that number 23 coming in at uh, coming in is Christina Milian. Y'all remember her with that dip it low? Yeah, I, I kind of remember that one. That was that was okay. That wasn't bad. That really that song really wasn't that bad. But again, I where is she? Where what happened to her? Anyways, at number thirty, we got of course your man Nelly. Uh, he he did one of his crossover hits. This time, this is with Jaheem. Uh, this one is my place. Yeah, they sampled that uh, Teddy Pendergrass. Not terrible. Not a terrible track. Not at all. Uh, but, of course, this is when everybody started to roast Nelly for that aspect of his, 
you know, of his rap game, you know, doing all those those pop songs. And anyways, uh, we got number 74. We got Kelly Clarkson with one of her semi hits. She never really was that huge of an artist, was she? I don't think so. But here she got the number 74 hit in 2004, uh, Breakaway, which um, got played all over, you know, certain rock stations. And one thing I want to tell you um, is some of these songs we might look even in the top 10, uh, some of these songs that I might talk about in general, you might look at them and say, you know, how did this song chart? How did, how did that song chart? Well, for one, uh, I can tell you by being a fan of multiple genres, I listen to multiple radio stations uh so as as uh well you know and and you know a pro that comes with that is you get an idea of what you know what's being played and so mind you this song might not be played on the r&b station or the rap station that you're used to listening to or vice versa the rock station that you're used to listening to or maybe in the top 40 list uh station you're listening to but that same song might be the hottest thing on that hot that that uh, hip-hop station or that rock station or that alternative station and so eventually what happens is the more plays it gets it has on that alternative on that alternative scene or that hip-hop scene the more spins is going to get there the more spins is going to want to get in the club and that leads to something becoming a big major hit this is what happened and again this is what this is what 2004 it was known for you had these big huge songs right maybe the album albums themselves you might look back i'll say maybe in hindsight you might look back on the albums now and say hmm maybe they weren't all you know there but those singles that you heard from each of these artists i think i think they're going to stand the test of time and i think that's just what the year was all about because i believe the album sales were falling apart uh, i think the record labels did not they they wanted people to buy albums album sales were slipping and again i've talked to you about the main artist that that kind of was credited for help saving the music industry in that capacity uh just a little bit near the end but um again so many things were changing in 2004 the landscape of, of music not only music but just media in general because remember we were going more and more into the digital age more into digital downloading file sharing of course so physical record sales were of course dropping and uh of course part of that maybe had to do with the quality of singles and not only did, did these artists put out uh pretty good singles they put out multiple singles just to kind of see where the market was at you can see uh, a lot of these artists when you look them up um, on their albums some of them will have up to five singles that they dropped uh between a period of at least two years in some cases after their initial album dropped so uh again this is a very really unique year for me in terms of music and i think a lot of people uh in terms of now they might over i think they might be overlooking it uh but coming in another notable track uh from 2004 at number 100 we got i go back by kenny chesney this was a big country song again you might not it might not resonate with you now or necessarily in the, the ears that you're used to or what you've been listening to but this was certified gold in general it was uh number uh 14 on the country charts and also um yeah so it finished it didn't finish significantly high in the top 100 but again this was a top 14 country track which means it was getting played in various markets for for extensive amounts of the year let's just keep it real here but let's move on uh, i'm going to break down some artists that have multiple top uh top hits or top singles throughout the year uh, we're going to go with usher i'm going to break it like again 
already, already, I'm already kind of giving it away. Uh, but let's break down Usher real quick. He had three total uh, top ten hits. Actually, he had three total. Excuse me, top hits. Uh, in 2004 or at least hits in the top 100 according to billboard uh he had two in the top 10 uh we're gonna break down number uh number 12 here confessions uh part two of course that's that single was big it became that remix with jermaine dupree and i believe it was shine on there that got even bigger of course we already know what this was all about he was cheating on chili with that that mm, i don't know how to describe that woman i'm sorry i usher I think that was one of the dumbest moves you could have ever made. I was even at 13 years old. Yep, because that's what 2004 was for me. 13 years old, I'm in seventh grade. I remember hearing the story behind the song Confessions. And I'm sitting there looking at Usher and I'm looking at whatever. I'm guessing, no, no, no. I, I'm not looking at Usher because, again, I don't think I saw any videos at this point. I think I was just listening to one of the songs on the radio one day. And I'm sitting there listening to his story and his spiel. And it was this song here, Confessions. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, how could you cheat on a woman as fine as chilling? How was that possible? And when I go back, and even when I go back and listen to this song here, I don't see where I really get where he's coming from. I don't really see where he really explained fully where his side of the story was. I, I just don't see how you could cheat on a woman as fine as chili with a woman who looked like that. I'm sorry. I uh uh. First of all, first of all, you cheated and you had no business doing that to her. And I guess that's what the song Burn was about. We'll get to that song a little bit later. But again, no, nah, nah, bruh. You was you was dipping and dodging on on chili to be with the prayer nah dude you lost massive cool points you lost massive cool points for me that day usher used to be one of my favorite singers when he cheated on chili nah he fell off to me i said nah bro you're dumb nah bro that could have been that could have been the illest black power couple of music that you decided anyways we got a lot to talk about i'm not gonna dwell on usher Outkast also had a big year as well. Uh, they had three total hits in the top 100, including two in the top 10, uh, including number 56. They had Roses. I like that one. Honestly, I, I look at uh, Speaker Box and The Love Below. Of course, uh, it was so it was a double album that was sold as one entity, of course. But I personally feel like it was two solo albums. And uh, I personally enjoyed it because it was a chance to hear both artists on a personal level. And it was both it was a chance to, to kind of uh, finally hear them in there and, you know, distinctly. And to see how distinct they are from each, each other. And really to see how really good they do work together. Because we're talking about two distinct human beings. And we're talking about two dis dis distinct styles of rap um, and subject matter for one and flow and just everything, everything involved, production and beats. Speaker box sounded way different than the love below way different than the love below uh the love below encompassed so many different sounds and so many different genres of music and that's not to take anything away from the love below because i liked how they if they had the soul they put soul they put funk in that one uh of course um big boy has a different he has a different style a different demeanor about him so it works 
really great on certain songs. Uh, and same thing with Andre 3000 on his roses here. You know, he goes into the, you know, the, you know, you can tell he's bitter. You know, you can tell he's in his feelings. And but he's singing it. I think, you know, the, 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 the singing on the chorus and just his verse, big boy's verse, you get an idea of of what they talking about like again and, and it's not like i don't think it was a, a, a female bashing song it's not a whole bashing song or anything like that it's not even slut same in, in my opinion it's just you know people saying look man I, you ain't all that you know i'm not i don't have to i don't have to fall for you i don't have to you know fuck with you like that and i and i always liked that I, I think as a as a kid and that time growing up because i just started you know really dating girls and talking to girls you know and you, and you deal with your little your little you know your little heartache what you call a heartache or a girl telling you you know she ain't interested so you like all right then you know forget it and you know songs like that was cool to listen to in, in those type of situations i'm like all right well i don't need you no way you don't like me i don't like you neither so it was cool to listen to those type of songs and i think both of those guys uh together again i think both of those albums speak boxing the love below two separate albums uh to this day but again together they got a cool sound too but again separate god damn i mean it, it who knows what they could have done if, if they really pursue uh solo careers i think they both could have had really really good significant solo careers uh moving on uh, i'm gonna talk a little bit a little bit more about her in a second but britney spears she had two top uh, 100 hits as well. She appeared at number 48 with Toxic, which was a big dance hit back in that year as well. It really, uh, actually, it was hot for at least a, a year. Uh, and at number 83, she charted with, uh, num uh, with sorry, at uh, number 83, she charted with Every Time. I don't think I remember that one. I don't think I listened to that one. I only listened to Toxic uh, just because it was all over the, the mainstream uh like it was on MTV and again it was all all over like mainstream radio you know anything like 949 I believe stuff stations like that anything that wasn't hip-hop necessarily or R&B per se this was on there and then um Chingy he was still on the tracks as well he uh he had two top 100 hits at number 25 he had one call away we already know who was on that one, Jay Weave, Smart Guy's brother, for those of you who don't know. Uh, that song, I personally liked it. I know nowadays people people deride Chingy and they say all type of stuff about Chingy uh, as well nowadays. Outside of his personal life and his uh, what he does in, in between the sheets would have nothing to, to, to do with me because it doesn't concern me. Concern me. Um, I personally think this first album was pretty damn good. Um, Jackpot was really good. There were some really cool singles on there. I know people are going to talk about right there nowadays, but again, y'all was slapping it. Y'all was in the club shaking your butts to it. I remember it was being played at the house party, so I don't want to hear all that. It all that nowadays. People like to talk about talk down about things in hindsight okay whatever um he also charted with uh number 87 holiday in of course that one had uh Ludacris and snoop that song was a slapper too and again there were some some not some non-singles on that song on that album i'm sorry that first album that were really good as well um and since then of course uh that second album was trash i think he had a third one after that that was pretty bad but he's had he dro he's dropped some okay songs in the past i would say three to four years um so he's still trying to do his thing he was on tv a couple times so again if he i mean again i don't know about his personal life you know it's not 
not my it's not for me to judge on i don't care uh but again i guess if he had his if he had those in order uh, at least you know i'm not saying under wraps per se i don't think that's the that's the word i want to say but at least you know controlled and just you know he's not just letting it all hang out or you know just you know, i don't know just just not being aware of his situation um and you know whatever whatever happened to him if he would have avoided that in some type of way then i think he'd be all right uh you also got jay-z here he uh he actually was thinking about retirement believe it or not in 2004 i think y'all remember that uh he ended up dropping the black album uh this would be uh, like i said this would be right after this he would quasi retire until like 2006 and then come back with some bullshit called kingdom come i think y'all remember that too but this one the black album itself was not that bad it was actually pretty good like i said it had two singles to spawn from that it had number 21 it had uh dirt off your shoulder get that dirt off your shoulder that beat that beat was slamming and i do remember that chorus i did like that that uh chorus uh i definitely liked the third verse uh he was kicking that that uh, something about that beat i think it was timbaland too and it was just on point uh his his flow was on point with the song like i said the, the verses themselves were really good they were chris they were jay-z and uh, i guess he was trying to you know really make it big you know make it a big you know thing because this was supposed to be his last album so um i definitely saw the best of his abilities on this song uh definitely a good one i would definitely suggest that one at any time you want to slap something you can ride that in the car you can ride with that in the car you can play that at the party i think that that stands the test of time as well at number 91 he had changed clothes with pharrell i only really like this one kind of just you know light-hearted you know change love and go you know whatever yeah next uh his girlfriend at the time or were they married then i don't know nah whatever uh i don't think he had paid enough. he wasn't paying her enough yet for them to get married uh beyonce she had three total top 100 singles uh she had that me myself and i i actually liked that i'm sorry she had two, well yeah she had three if you count the one she had with destiny child uh she also had me myself and i uh you know what i like that song you know i like that song better than i like um irreplaceable and the reason why is because I'm gonna just tell it to you like this. It's one of the realest songs. Again, the radio and and you know the R&B stations they 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 played it a little bit too much for me. And I get it because it's all about you know questioning man and and putting down the guy every now and again and, and making sure his ego is checked. Whatever. But I thought this was really good and I because and the reason why because I thought it was beyond that. I thought irreplaceable was simply it's the male ego check like i can i can replace you when i want to under any circumstances you're not all this really great okay beyonce whatever this me myself and i here really broke it down because you got to understand you got to understand well why he was an asshole why she would walk away from somebody like that you know she was she had the three she was taking care of the three kids all that so um she broke it down and it was no it to me it was no ego on her end irreplaceable was filled with super macho toxic female ego and nobody addresses that i don't know why nobody addresses that in modern culture in this modern culture this modern society but anyway but they want to talk they want to target toxic men uh masculinity look there's talk there's toxic on both sides let's not lie um 
but this song here me myself and i was removed from all that uh i think she put herself in a situation you really felt the situation that she was in uh even the homie tried to let her know look man this guy he's uh questionable and when you got a homie that's telling your girl that man that's crazy um and again you really felt it it was it was um and again i didn't feel no ego from her i felt like she she came to an understanding through that situation and just you know she gave she gave i guess she gave some of her best you know feelings for that dude in that situation you felt that but she's not bitter but she's definitely moved on and she's not she's not trying to make him feel bad about herself she's more so trying to feel better about herself and that's the most important message that females need to have not trying to just you know have multiple men that you can have and and be justified through that nah being comfortable with who you are and not becoming your strength and you know that telling dude that your natural ability to want to be a better woman to yourself and a better human being to yourself is what's going to make you want to deter him away and not just you know hey i'm better than you i can have anybody who i want and i thought that was way more realistic uh because again a guy could go through that situation a guy can have that uh, uh you know anybody could could go through something like that so again i thought it was on point uh on the lines of um i'm not gonna cry by mary j blige and i uh, just a, a cooler low-key version of that and i thought it really hit i thought it definitely hit uh she had also she had um let's see uh baby boy with sean paul which i didn't like uh, that that charted at number 69 i really didn't like that uh i just wasn't feeling that song i just again it was maybe it was a song yeah they played it a lot uh especially on stations like 94.9 uh out here in cali i was sick of that i was starting to get bored with that uh it, it got boring to me real quick and maybe i was because i was over sean paul too because they just kept exposing him to us overexposing him i'm just like all right and i was and it wasn't that it, it wasn't beyonce per se it was just that specific song i just was not feeling and it just was like uh okay uh she also appeared at number 58 with the destiny child of course uh with uh, lose my breath uh, i thought that was a cool song from them one of their last uh singles i think uh but it, that song slapped. I like the marching band feel to it. I definitely liked in the music video how they was popping and locking and doing all that moving. Um, it was a it was a high energy song. Uh, I listened to it uh, just recently, not too long ago. It was just a high energy song. I can see people dancing to it. Uh, still nine days in the club. You know, you put it on at the right situation. Uh, definitely, why not at a WNBA game or something like that? Uh, probably could be still be used in some type of commercial. You know, with Venus Williams or Serena Williams or something like that uh some type of just you know something to dance and move to i definitely like that um outside of that that was pretty good i mean i, I definitely liked what beyonce did in 03 03 and 04 uh again she hadn't she, i was she was on the cusp for me because i was going to give her a breakout artist of the year uh segment for her uh, i was on the fence with her and alicia keys i just not nudged, nudged alicia keys over because i felt like she had uh she just had a, a big a big hit in my opinion just some bigger hits in my opinion that just got massive just massive play at that time and i think because of where we were at in the country and where we, where we were going through i think she kind of just uh i don't know her being from new york 
uh, just kind of pushed her to the top, in my opinion. And that was her her year. I think Beyonce started to really control things around 08, 09, and then it was big. From, 0, from 08 to 010 was Beyonce's time. But right here, this was all Alicia Keys, and I'll talk about her a little bit later. You also had the Black Eyed Peas doing their thing too. Uh, they had a couple uh, good hits. They had one I really liked at number 88. Let's get it started. Of course, the real version was Let's Get Retarded. You already know why that would not have worked. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm not mad at them from have, for having to change that song, but yeah, that's that's just the way it is. Uh, they also had Hey Mama at 95. I also thought that one was annoying. Um, again, that was that was the beginning of me realizing that the Black Eyed Peas would just forever let me down because um, I feel like they had some really cool slappers, some really cool songs that I could really get into. And the minute I would like uh, a song by them really hard, really, uh, really, in, not even intensely or anything like that, they would just come up with something else like on that same album that just was just garbage to me and this was that song that wasn't garbage per se yet uh but it just was not cool uh my humps was probably the worst song lumps or whatever that song was humps was the, probably the worst and annoying song that they've ever done next to fergie and her fergalicious i don't count that as black eyed peas that's that's her solo stuff but again that's a slash you know you might as well just slash them together because they're you know they're one or the other i guess but uh those two songs no uh-uh garbage that uh, anyways let's get away from them finally one artist that i wanted to talk about that decided that he wanted to be popular this year or you decided the people decide to make popular this year because remember we listened and we bought the albums <clears throat> sir robert kelly fresh off fresh off uh that that uh that near conviction from from previous child molestation cases uh he had two top tracks in the 100 the top 100 including the annoying and the asinine step in the name of love that got all type of radio play it annoyed annoyed me to no end i felt he was laughing in our faces yes i peed on that little girl face I did not want to listen to it. He also had number 94, happy people, black people, how did we let this motherfucker do this? And he did it again years later, but we gave him the number 94 track, happy people, the album. Uh, he also had a top, well, he also had a, a number one album with Jay-Z, Unfinished Business. Come on, people. I don't get it. I don't get it. We was not tripping about him in 04. Now was me. Now was we. Excuse me. Mm so um yeah yeah we got it we got i don't get that one i really don't get that one um but moving on let's talk about something positive i could dig into r kelly but i'm just letting y'all know I, I don't think he was tripping about all that so yeah <laughs> let's talk about some major debuts in 2004 uh for one we got the big band that y'all know about maroon 5 at number 35 they had the track uh she will be loved of course it was going to peak at number five this was off the album songs about jane uh like i said it peaked at number five it was also nominated for uh grammy for best performance by a duo or group they also had a number four track uh this was this love of course this was on the, the top adult this was the uh, I think it reached number one on the adult top 40. It also won the MTV Music Award for Best New Artist. Uh, the album uh, Songs About Jane was released in 2004. Now, like I said, these these three that I well they, they had three released, three singles released in 
through 2004. Uh, the album itself, I'm sorry, the album itself was not released in 2004, excuse me, it was released, I'm sorry, it was released in 2002. So it already came out two years ago, but now it's starting to get big. Like I said, it's just all about the single. They dropped She Will Be Loved. Oh, wow. Okay. Then they dropped This Love. Boom. Major hit. This album that dropped two years ago is now suddenly selling. If I'm not mistaken, this album will go on to go uh, multi-times platinum. Again, crazy. Like wildfire. And the first single was not that bad. It was called Harder to Breathe. This was about record execs and, you know, deadlines and all that for their music and all that. And it really, you know, was a really good single. But for whatever reason, it didn't catch on. But this love, monster hit, you know, dealing with those relationships, those physical, especially the physical aspects of those relationships. I, I had a relationship that mirrored that song later on in life so i definitely get it now like when i'm older i'm like oh yeah especially when i've had that experience when i was when i was back in the day i purely liked the song because i just thought it was sounding good you know one of those catchy pop songs that i would sing that i would sing occasionally and i like adam levine's voice to an extent um, so I would sing, I would just sing that song just out of the pure, oh, I like this song, but the older that gun, I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I know all about that, Mr. Levine, I, mm, you gotta let that go, you gotta, you gotta run from that, if it's too physical, that means it's, it's lacking in some other department, so you're gonna have to go, <laughs> it's more notably in the, in the fidelity department, so the more physical it is, I'll, Mm-hmm. I, I'm running some, especially if it's we've had drama. Yeah, I learned that lesson. Uh, and as far as she will be loved, um, it was a low, more low key song. Um, it wasn't terrible, nothing like that. But uh, I just remembered. Uh, I I don't think I went back to listen to that song. I don't think I did. But just based on what I remember from that song, um, you know, just low key, you know, and just one of those those mid two thousands light rock songs you know uh same thing with their other uh single that will come out this year as well 2004 as well uh sunday morning i actually like this uh single a lot uh i don't i think it's their most overlooked single and i would suggest that anybody who hasn't taken a chance to look at it i say do it Adam Levine is at his best in terms of his voice. Uh, I think uh, it has a jazzier, like a Sunday, Sunday morning type feel. You can play this at a brunch. You can play this with uh, definitely driving down, you know, the highway with your significant other. You can play it when you're just chilling on a, like a regular, you know, warm night. Just it's it's a versatile song. Uh, definitely, uh, like I said, I definitely like the elements of the piano there in the beginning. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in that song. Uh, you get to see a lot. Lot of the versatility and what that band can do in that song there and definitely has a good sunday morning vibes it's good positivity nothing but positivity in that song you can feel that you can feel the love that he has for that woman in that song and how he wants to just chill with her and just lay in the bed and just and just express you know just just chill lay with her and uh you get that and it's it's lazy yeah but there's love behind it. there's love by chilling with her and being in that bed where he's expressing that to her he's been he's been gone for so long he's been having a tour he's been having to you know do all this this music stuff but it feels good to just lay back in the bed and sleep in with his woman bam beautiful it sounds simple 
but the way they make it sound, the way they make the way they do it is good. I'm sorry. Uh, up next, of course, y'all already know Big Kanye. He had his big debut. He had a, a top single with the number 43 Jesus Walks. This would peak at number 11 um, on the, the top 100. It was also the sixth best song of 2004, according to the Village Voice Jazz and Pops Critics poll. It also ranks at number 20, uh, 273 on Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs of All Time. So, damn, there you go. That's high. Uh, that's high company right there. 500 greatest songs of all time, according to Rolling Stone, which is a big time publication. The Village Voice is pretty damn good too. Uh, so for it to rank significantly there, there you go. That just kind of proves to you just the juice that Kanye had even back then. Uh, he also won a Grammy for best rap song. Uh, he also had the number 46 track All Falls Down featuring Selena Johnson. This was nominated for the Best Rap Song Collaboration at the 47th Grammys. Uh, I also got uh, nominations at the BET Awards for Viewer's Choice and also nominated for three MTV Awards including Breakthrough Artists. Also, um, best I think it was be yeah, Best uh, Rap Hip Hop Video as well and also Bell best male video as well he also did win two ASCAP awards so America, the American Songwriters and Composers Association something like that uh, but again he won two of those uh, but no Grammys but he was nominated for a lot of awards as well he was also featured on Twisters which I actually he should have won a Grammy if anything he should have definitely won uh, I think he should have won a Grammy for best album best rap album Sorry, that was my opinion. Uh, Kanye was featured on Twisted's number 16 track, Slow Jams. Of course, Jimmy Fox was on that as well. Big hit all over the radio. I loved it. Mm. Says she wants some Marvin Gaye. Everybody was singing that song. Oh, no. Let's take it back. I know for one, everybody in my classroom was singing that one. Stop. Oh, she got a light skin friend. Look like Michael Jackson. Got a dark skin. Stop it. Stop it. Let me let me not go down memory lane too much with y'all. But that song, everybody in my class was singing. We want to play it in the classroom. Oh, man. Y'all taking it back. Uh, he also, of course, uh, this this uh, single here would also appear on Twister's uh, album Kamikaze and on a college dropout as well. Uh, that would also peak at number one for a week. Uh, the song will go on to win an ASCAP award. It was also nominated for five other awards as well. He also had another solo song, another solo single here, Through the Wire. This will rank in at number 61. This will be nominated for... Uh, Best rap solo performance. I thought this one could have won. Uh, he also uh, was. He also won video of the year at the Source uh, Source Awards. Y'all remember that? Y'all remember the Source Awards? Y'all remember the Source Magazine? That leads me to another topic. We'll get to that. Yeah, mm, we're gonna have to talk about that. But yes, there was a Source Magazine ran by a, another rapper. Uh, his name is Benzino. We'll get to, oh my God, that story is unique in itself. But they also had a award show as well. But uh, yeah, they also had an award show as well, but it was always a bunch of drama. That was the whole thing about all the hip hop award shows, mad drama. We gonna have to have a, a part for the review segment about that too. That'll come later. But <laughs> uh, back to Kanye. 
uh, the song will stay on the charts for 21 weeks. I, I actually love this song. Uh, this was a sample of my, at the time, my favorite Shaka Khan song, Through the Wire. Uh, I thought it was amazing. I thought it, the way that he used the sample itself and he it used it to encompass his, you know, sound. Oh man, and, and just, he used the right, he used the right words of the sample. He sampled the right words. He sampled the right part of the song, in my opinion. Uh, that was easy. Oh, that was simple. And it, 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 in the in his, I'm sorry, I never heard a, a rapper more hungry than that moment right there, because of what he had just previously been through. I that that was hungry right there. That was hungry. He wanted to break through. He wanted he wanted to you know change his life. He had been through a, a life threatening car accident, and you felt every bit of it. His jaw was still pretty much wired insane insane one of the best hip-hop albums of all time one of the best hip-hop songs i've ever heard just due to circumstance and again this is one of kanye west's highest selling albums since uh well ever this is one of his highest selling albums that ought to tell you something right there uh kanye will also appear on twister's number 31 track overnight celebrity that song was a was a slapper as well Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Now, as for his debut album, uh, it would debut at number one on the Billboard charts, uh, selling over 400,000 copies in its first week. It will go on to sell over 3.4 million copies worldwide. It also won the Grammy for Best Rap Album. That's what I thought it should have, and it did. Okay, I forgot about that. <laughs> it was nominated for Album of the Year as well. That's what I. That's what it should have won. That's what I meant to say. Uh, it was ranked number 10 on the Rolling Stones Best albums of the 2000s i do i do agree with that i'm not gonna argue with that it might rank five to me yeah maybe five or the top three we're talking about that decade why not i think he that was his best album um i think his first three albums were really good uh i think it was a uh, late registration and graduation i thought those two were good uh what was it after that 808s and heartbreaks was okay and i just think he fell off after that everything else it might sound great it might sound awesome but in my opinion he is the rap version rap version of oasis uh it's a bunch of shit just just kind of just put together to sound epic uh but the lyrics are are not really there and it's just for the show and it's not really i don't feel the intent there i don't feel the hunger it just feels like oh i'm just good at music and i can just put whatever sounds together and it's just gonna sound good no it doesn't kanye your music has suffered for a lot or for a while and i'll be somebody to say that right now as much as i loved your debut and as much as i love that debut album to this day you've fallen off significantly since then uh let's move on we also got ashley uh simpson uh she had her debut this year uh in 2004 of course uh with a number 39 hit pieces of me that single will go on to be certified gold all you know about her is that she fucked up on snl and that fucked up her entire career and she was never able to get right but she did have a gold single that was pretty hot for a minute in terms of the rock world and uh it did cross over for a minute which led to her being on saturday night live and um being caught lip syncing and she couldn't even lip sync right so yeah and she did a little hop to make herself feel better i guess she was just hopping on stage like she was a bunny yeah weird anyways you have the you have the um you have the introduction 
G unit. I know I did that wrong, but it's been years. You also had the introduction of your boy Lloyd Banks. <laughs> um, pretty much uh, cannon fodder for uh, you know 50 Cent and in the aftermath, you know, more ways for them to get some more money. Uh, they appeared on the number 86 track, uh, I Wanna Get to Know You featuring Joe. This song was actually a smash to me as well. This will peak at number 15 on the top Billboard 100. We'll also go four times platinum. Actually, that's not bad. I did like that single though. The album Beg for More Mercy uh, would actually debut at number three. Uh, like I said, uh, Lloyd Banks would have a significant, um, yeah, that was his album. Beg for no, 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 that was a G Unit album for Lloyd Banks. I forgot that that uh, that debut album, but he he uh, charted significantly with that on fire up in here. It's burning hot, we on fire. That was solid. I was really cool New York track. I think New York hip hop was trying to come back. We had we definitely had that Glean back song. We're gonna have to talk about that later. Later, but uh, I actually like Lloyd Banks' song a lot better. In hindsight, it was it was smooth. It was it was cool from beginning to end, and I just like the way that 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 beat, you know, just went throughout the song. I love that was one of the best beats of the year. Actually, the best, in my opinion, the best rap beat of the year. 2004 in my opinion bar none all right y'all uh we're gonna talk about some breakout artists of 2004 we have quite a few uh we're gonna start off with little john though and uh actually the whole damn dirty south they all broke out this year uh for little john he came in at uh number 70 at that with that get low featuring the east side boys and the yin yang twins this song will peak at number two on the billboard top 100 it was also chart in australia germany and in the UK. Uh, this was number 70 on the all decade billboard chart. I definitely agree with that. This song got massive play throughout uh, the first couple years it dropped. 2003, 2004, massive play. Lil John in general got massive play. This led to Lil John getting massive play for at least two years. They got another album out of that with Crunk Juice in 2005. 2005, which was, in my opinion, my opinion better and worse than their debut than their uh their, their other big album as well that dropped the year before i think in 2003 uh what's that one called Oof. Mm. anyway this album here mm -mm. Mm -mm. these uh <laughs> yeah but that album um that album crunchy was solid too but anyways, at number two, they would have a, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, they will also be on the, the Salt Shaker track with the Yin Yang Twins. I thought that one was okay. It debuted at number time, at number nine. This would be the number two rap song of the year. I thought it was kind of annoying at that point. I didn't like that song too much. They played it too much on the radio. You also got the Young Bloods having a big year as well. They uh they had their big they had their only one their only charting hit with the number sixty eight. Damn, of course, Lil John was on this one. Lil John was on anything with a thirty south rapper. If you was a rapper from Tennessee or Atlanta or Texas. I don't know. You you had to have Lil John in your song, and didn't nobody want to take you serious. You had to have at least one song with Lil John in there, or nobody was gonna listen to it. But this song also peaked at number two in 2003. Well, it peaked at number two when it dropped in 2003. So this single was around for a year. This was a this was a long 
charting single this is one of those type of singles so i thought that was significant as well because you don't get a lot of those you don't get a lot of singles that stay on the charts for a couple years you don't get that at least for or a year at least uh you also got pd pablo making his big ass you know splash with that number 14 he hit freak elite that would go on to go platinum that's got little flip with two top 100 hits he had number 20 sunshine with leah i don't even remember who that was no i, I mean Little Flip, I remember Little Flip, but I don't know who that that singer was. I don't know who the hell that was. Uh, he also had that Game Over. Now that song will be on, will go on to be a top twenty rap single. I remember that one. That one was a slapper. This was right before they started. He started beefing with Ti. I don't know why Ti got jealous of this dude. They were both two solid artists. But whatever, maybe he got jealous. You also got Ludacris uh, having a big splash, of course, with his number 42 hit, Splash Waterfalls. I thought that song was different. I don't know. Too low-key for me. I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't feeling that one too much. I mean, at the at the dances, when the, when the lights would go down and you had that freak moment, the freak dances, I guess it was cool, but... I don't know. It wasn't a song that I listened to a whole lot. At number 45, he had Stand Up by Shauna, uh, featuring Shauna. I thought that was, song was pretty good, too. Uh, his his album, uh, I think it was um, Fried Chicken and Beer, would go on to finish at the top of the album sales of Fried Chicken. Yeah, Fried Chicken. It was some ignorant, ghetto, southern shit. Yeah, I'm going to say it right now. Anyways, Linkin Park had a huge year in 04. They had a number 33 hit, Numb. That song would go to be played everywhere, anywhere, and everywhere. It got remixed by, with Jay-Z. And just, oh man, let's just get into it. It would uh, be the top Billboard. It would top the alternative charts of Billboard for 12 weeks, 6 in 2003, 6 in 2004. So again, one of those long stands, well, those, those singles that stay around for like a year it would also go on to peak at number 11 on the mainstream rock charts as well it also reached number one in the uk and greece and also charted in the top 10 sorry it also charted in the top 10 in uh, france the czech republic portugal brazil as well as austria and switzerland now the single will go on to go four times platinum in america two times platinum in italy platinum in the uk and new zealand and also gold in australia canada denmark and sweden so this this single right here just killed it for the rock game this put the rock game on the map Again, they was doing songs with Jay-Z after this. They had to do a whole concept album with Jay-Z. They officially had crossed over. Uh, like I said, the Numb Encore remix, like I said, with Jay-Z would go on to earn each of them a Grammy, that being Jay-Z as well. Uh, this will rank, go on to rank at number five number five on Rhapsody's Songs of the Decade. I can agree with this. Uh, definitely, we already know. There's, there's no reason to just keep talking about that one. At number 79, they had Breaking the Habit. This track here would also reach number one on the Billboard chart, the, the Billboard's top mainstream rock tracks. It also will go on to uh, peak at number 20 on the top 100. It will go on to be uh, certified as gold. Uh, as for the album Meteora, again, this was a massive success for the group, uh, a massive success for the genre, which will be defined as new metal. Uh, a couple other singles that they had were Somewhere I Belong, Faint, and also From the Inside. This will go on to sell over 27 million copies copies worldwide so it goes seven times platinum in the u.s uh, it sold uh, over 800,000 copies in the first week of its release it was on numbers that's on number it's number 36 on billboard's top album of the decade again i completely agree with that 
I mean, this album, these singles were played all over the place. Uh, these songs were played all over the place in terms of, of radio, commercials. You could not get away from Linkin Park at any point in time past 2003, at least for the next couple of years. Again, uh, but that does not compare, though. That does not compare with the biggest, com- with the biggest, I'm sorry, with the biggest splash of the year, with the biggest breakthrough of the year, your girl, Alicia Keys. I told y'all before, but this woman right here exploded, exploded. You thought she was on fire with that one song? No, this is when she was truly on fire. She, she, of course she had the number three hit. Well, you know what? No, let's talk about the other hits first. She had the number 34 hit, Diary, with uh, Dwayne Wiggins from Tony, Tony, Tony. This will go on to peak at number eight on the top 100 Billboard charts. And of course, it was nominated for Best R&B Performance by a Duo or a Group. Uh, she will also go on to have uh, the number 29 hit, You Don't Know My Name. Y'all know about this one. This song was getting played every day, starting in the morning. Even Chewy Gomez out here in California, you already know about the big jockey out here. Chewy Gomez, he also had his own remix. This is for the people that live out here in North California. They listen to KMEO. They know about Chewy Gomez's special remix for this song. Even he had a remix for it. Cannot, cannot sleep on the song. Uh, this was uh, the third top 10 song in the U.S. Uh, Alicia Keys' third top 10 song in the U.S. It also number, peaked at number three on the U, on the Billboard Top 100. It also uh, topped the R&B and hip-hop charts for eight weeks. We're going to win the R&B for, I'm sorry, the Grammy for Best R&B Song. Uh, massive, massive hit right here. Like I said, it got played every day, but not more than this one. Not more than this one. The number three song, if I ain't got you, this top the the hot R&B and hip hop charts for six weeks received three Grammy nominations, winning one for best female R&B performance. It also go on to win uh, the MTV Award for best R&B video. This song got massive play as well. It was all over the place. Everybody wanted to sing, including my school choir. Yeah, it was it was too big. It was just monster. Uh, of course, that was off an album, The Diary of Alicia Keys. Another uh, cool singer from that would be Karma. I don't remember too much from that. Actually, I, now that I you know listened to it again uh, recently, I realized that song was pretty cool as well. I didn't remember it. Well, I don't think I, they played it too much back then, but I don't see why it was a really good song. Uh, but more about the album, it'll go on to sell 8 million copies worldwide, 4 million in just the U.S. This was the highest, she had the highest first week sales by a female artist. Uh, she'll go on to sell 618,000 copies. It will go on, go on to spend 88 weeks. The album itself will go on to spend 88 weeks on the chart. She'll go on to win the Grammy for Best R&B Album. And uh, she also had the number 24 hit with, the, uh, with My Boo featuring Usher. So again, big breakout years for certain artists. Again, Alicia Keys, I think she had the biggest one. She got Grammys. She had uh, her, well, she had an album chart for 88 weeks. Again, she had the highest female sales, uh, well, the highest sales for a female artist in the first week. Again, Alicia Keys dominated 04. Well, at least she broke out definitely in 04. Uh, we definitely had some comebacks in this year as well. We're going to start off with your girl, Britney Spears. Again, like I said, she had two top 
100 songs. Uh, she had Toxic. Uh, this would be her first, she would win her first Grammy with this song here in 2005. This would also go top five. This would, song would also chart in the top five in uh, 15 different countries. Uh, she also had the 44th song of the decade, of course, with that being Toxic and uh, Toxic, and that being accorded to Rolling Stone as well. So uh, she had the 44th song of the top, like I said, the top 100 songs of the decade. So again, uh, that song was huge. Uh, again, it was a big dance hit. Got played at all the big dance clubs. Definitely a crossover hit as well. Uh, she it will go on to be two times platinum. Oh, actually, yes, yeah, she had her album would actually have the second highest debut uh, debut sales the first week for a female artist next to Alicia Keys that year as well. Uh, the album itself uh, will go on to go two times platinum in the U.S., also went platinum in the U.K., and also went eight times platinum in Korea. <laughs> so again, uh, Britney came all the way back from the dead because again i think this was right before she had her other mental issues uh after kevin federline but at least musically she had kind of fallen off this was not the hit me baby one more time uh <laughs> so um <laughs> so uh yeah so she she had to uh, switch her switch her game up a little bit but i'm gonna take another i'm gonna take a quick break and uh i'll be right back All right, y'all, I am back. We got some more comebacks from 2004, starting with Juvenile with his number 13, uh, Smash Slow Motion featuring uh, Soldier Slim. This song will go on to peak at number two on the top 100 charts and also finished at the second best rap song of the year. This will be on, uh, Juvenile's only single to reach the number one spot, to eventually reach a number one spot, and this song will be certified gold as well. This is coming off the album Juve the Great, which was peak, which would peak at number 28 on the Billboard Top 200 albums. This would also be certified platinum as well. Of course, Juvenile had uh, f uh, at this point left Cash Money as well as the Hot Boy. So, uh, of course, he was doing his his official solo thing, like for real, on his own, on his own. So this was a good uh, start for him as well. Uh, up next, we have Cheryl Crow, who had the number 28 single that year with the first cut as the deepest. Uh, this will peak at number 14. Spin 36 weeks on the on the charts on the charts excuse me she will also reach number one on the adult contemporary charts uh the single will go on to become gold the album will go on uh, go on to become platinum as well this was a, a a good comeback from her because of course she had she was really hot in the mid 90s for those of you who don't know about her but of course like with a lot of artists she would just you know fall off she fell off from the, uh, the late 90s but she would come back with this album uh and this single here and finally you have monica uh who fell off with her album right before here uh but she would uh, return with the number 72 track you should have known better this song will go on to peak at number 19 on the u.s top 100 and also number six on the hot r&b hip-hop charts this was her highest charting release and she would go on to reach number 20 on the hot 100 airplay chart as well the album after the uh, after the storm also spawned single so gone which is my personal favorite and also knock knock uh 
Monica's this was Monica's first album to ever debut on Billboard's Top 100. It sold 186,000 copies in its first week, and uh, the single "So Gone" would reach number 10 on the Top 100 and would spend five weeks on the top of the R&B and hip hop charts. So uh, Monica had a pretty big year uh, here as well. Uh, she had fell off just a little bit uh, over the course of the 90s. Uh, she would uh, have a few. Uh, few good songs uh throughout the 2000s as well the mid 2000s as well but it started uh right here with this album um after the storm uh we had a we had quite a bit of uh, some one hit wonders coming from 2004 uh we're gonna start off with the, uh, the number 52 hit i like that uh by houston it was featuring chingy and uh i-20 as well i remember this hit a lot this one was really popular just on the radio uh, i pretty pretty sure it was cool in the clubs as well this will go on to peak at number 11 and the song also charted in the uk as well and australia it was eventually certified gold uh, again you got another uh soft rock song here uh coming in at number 77 this was a big song this year though uh for the for the, the year 2004 though at least in terms of rock this song was called was called 100 years uh, by a band called five for fighting this was the longest charting adult contemporary single uh this stayed on it stayed at number one on that on those charts for 12 weeks also go on to be certified platinum so again some of these songs might not have uh when you when you hear about them now might not you might not remember them because again it wasn't your main uh you know your main listen to uh, or anything like that your main genre uh but these songs were big in other genres these songs were big on other charts and other stations so again your main station might not be playing it but if you switch the channel over you'll be this is the equivalent to that song you'll be hearing this was the equivalent to to get back in terms of uh, the adult contemporary saying again this song got massive play on rock stations massive play on those mainstream kind of stations as well so a really big song at the time at number 22 and this is in no particular order by the way just kind of in you know the way the songs kind of resonated with me either way uh this is kind of just how i'm ranking them not necessarily uh by a course song ranking but again like i said just kind of how they they vibe with me again we have the number 22 track here by nina sky move your body i thought this was a big club hit big radio hit uh this ended up being the number 29 song of the year according to blender and their list as well so pretty big in terms of pop culture as well we're going to be certified gold it was also nominated for international dance awards best song uh best uh best dance and pop track and also nominated for best new artist there as well they'll go on to win the soul train lady of soul award for best r&b single so again uh, a lot of awards some nominations as well and they were really a popular group at the time and after that song that they did with nori they pretty much fell off just like the rest of these guys here and we already know about uh, like we already know about that guy Houston who tried to jump out the window and yeah yeah that's kind of sad uh we uh at the number 11 spot we got uh tipsy by jay kwan uh, this one song will go on to peak at number two on the top 100 and also number one on the top rap charts this song was all over the place um meaning in terms of just popular culture uh, of course we played it at black folk we loved the song but again it was a crossover hit as well i've heard it in movies recently at least within the past four or five years or so uh, we've heard it in movies certain commercials so again it has hasn't necessarily left the ethers ether uh just the guy that made it 
just kind of vanished and that kind of sucks but yeah we also got nick cannon here i don't know how he got on i don't know how he made the top 100 of course he never had another hit again uh, this one is gigolo of course he was featuring r kelly go figure uh no wonder actually i think i kind of know why it even reached the charge charts but it will go on to peak at number nine on the top 100 uh the top 100 rap tracks and that really i don't get that uh but nick cannon uh hasn't disappeared uh from media per se but he's definitely disappeared from the rap scene so definitely a one hit wonder here because again it did chart i don't know how it charted and it did peak significantly high too and that's why it's here on this list i don't know how that happened uh number 63 is a is a very interesting song to me i really find it funny it's by a guy named iman it was spelled e-a-m-o-n really crazy guy I believe from new york somewhere i'm not too sure exactly where in new york but really uh crazy latino guy uh he came out with this track here called fuck it i don't want you back and he could not he could not be latino i could be wrong about that but i thought he was i think he i think he is um the song itself will go on the peak at number 16 in the u.s uh but it will also chop the charts it will also top the charts in the uk switzerland sweden scotland norway the netherlands italy ireland denmark Aust austria and australia i don't know how the song itself is called like i said fuck it i don't want you back uh the guy is talking about you know just his girlfriend cheating on him uh and and and, and you know the premise of the song itself you know you, you kind of think about it go, okay well he's mad at his girlfriend he you know he wants to take it out on her but the, the way that song is the way he sings it he's out of tune i don't know who i don't know if he really actually knows i don't think he knows how to he knew how to sing actually i don't know how he got signed to this to this label uh and i don't know how he was able to put out the song but apparently i think it was because it was just so funny it just was a, a pretty decent hit and the funny thing about it was there was a response to the song too by his his you know reported girlfriend supposed girlfriend frankie it was called fuck you right back uh f-u-b-r or f-u uh f-u-r-b ferb and i thought that that song was just even more ridiculous it kind of sounded the same uh she kind of wrapped her her verses and again I, I both those songs were just hilarious i i don't oh god i two of the funniest songs i've ever heard in my life uh a couple more one hit wonders of course we got a few more here uh one of my favorite songs of all time here a uh, really overlooked song this was the number 46 track of the year sugar sugar by baby bash featuring frankie J. this was going to be ba uh, baby bash's highest charting song uh this peaked at number eight and also topped the charts in new zealand as well again a really low-key song here uh, again you know baby bash is not a lyricist uh but again this song here his flow was on point and even just the lyrics just for this song and just how they how they just match the beat and just sometimes you know it's just about how a song makes you feel and how it makes you feel to your ears and and maybe just the context in your life just your personal situation and, uh at this point in time in my life this song was really hot to me um again this was a point in time i was you know in my early teens you're, you're now starting to go with girls and you're, 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 you're experiencing that or whatever have you uh but you're you're going you know you're, you're going out on dates and all that you're enjoying that and to me this was one of those songs that kind of reminded me of that took me back to those times and even then they were they would 
they would inspire those times and want me to hang out and want to do those things. So um, I thought this song was uh, was a tight hit. The song was a smash. Do not listen to the remix. Just called Sugar. I don't know the the the, the, the uh, artist of that of that song, but I would not suggest it. I don't want people to listen to it. Do not support it. Support this one. Support this one. We don't no no. That song was trash. I don't care what people say. This song right here stands the test of time. At number 27, we have Kevin Little with Turn Me On. This is another song that kind of went on the radar. Of course, it charted very high. Uh, this will go on. The single, is, the single itself will go on to go platinum in Australia and in Britain. It will go gold in the U.S. But again, like I said, it kind of slips through people's memory. Memory. It was a, a song that again was sampled again and uh, also made it into a remix. Don't listen to those songs. Listen to this song here. Again, it's not going to blow you away in terms of lyrics. But again, it. It's 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 an island Caribbean song. I mean, it's it's good. I like the way the beat sounds. Uh, it makes you want to move. Uh, again, I don't I don't see how people overlook the song, but would rather listen to the song it eventually got sampled for, or listen to the remix of this of this song. Uh, that's BS. You need to listen to this song here at the number twenty seven spot of two thousand four. The number twenty seven song of two thousand four. Kevin Little, turn me on. I stand by it to this day. And uh, we had two more big slappers here uh, for that year. We had the number seven song, I Don't Want to Know by Mario Wines featuring Inaya and Diddy. This song will spend eight weeks at number two. This will be the most by any song uh, to spend at number two, but but not reach to have not reached number one. So uh, I guess there's some disappointment there. But it will go on to reach number one in Germany, the Netherlands, Scotland, and in the UK. It's also certified platinum in Australia, and uh, it was it will go on to go gold in Belgium, New Zealand, the UK, and the US. So again, um, it didn't reach the top status in the US that maybe Mario was looking for, but it was it had worldwide appeal. And uh, Diddy had an okay verse too. And finally, we got a. Uh, at the number six spot, the reason this was the number six song in 2004 uh, by Stank. It was going to reach, uh, well, peaked at number two on all the charts. It was also nominated for Song of the Year at the 47th Grammys. It will it will go on to chop the charts in Brazil, Italy, Canada, and the UK. It also was certified gold in Australia, the UK, and also Italy and the US. Uh, the song itself, I believe, out in my opinion, outshined and outstayed the album. Uh, it just happens like that sometimes with uh, with singles. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean the album was great. It doesn't necessarily lead to great sales for the album. It just you know, sometimes uh, in the case of this band, it just leads to just some good songs. Same thing with Mario Winings, too, because I don't think that album, you know, his, that whole album was really that great or really that memorable. But the song here, the, the, the singles here were really good. Uh, let's move on a little bit. I'm going to go to the songs, my personal favorite songs uh, that time period. I'm going to start off with Ocean Avenue by Yellow Card. I think it's one of the tightest rock songs of that, that time period, 03 and 04. I thought it was really upbeat. Definitely a summertime song to this day. I love it. Uh, Through the Wire, I got by Kanye West, of course. I talked about this song before. Uh, they, uh, he sampled one of my favorite uh, Shaka Khan songs, Through the Wire. As, uh, through the Wire. Uh, I thought it was one of the best rap songs of all time and one of the best rap albums of all time. That's pretty much all I got to say about that one. And this one, I'm, I know this might throw some people for a loop, but you know what? I don't care. I love this song. Uh, this one song was called. This song was over and over again 
by Nelly and Tim McGraw. I know people got a lot to say about this one, but this song was getting played everywhere. I don't know about the country. No, this song got played on country. This song got played on the rap station. This song got played on mainstream. This song was played all over MTV. Y'all can say what you want. Nelly was hot then. Y'all might turn your back on him now, but I thought he was solid. I thought this was a, a bold, a bold idea, uh, and I think it was a good way to cross over at the time. Uh, and to this day, you still got people trying to do it. And this game, and if there was no over and over again, guess what? If there was no over and over again, there'd be no Old Town Road. So there you go. There'd be no Old Town Road. There'd be no ride till I can't no more. So there. Uh, I got two. Uh, I got a couple artists uh, with a couple with a few songs here that I'm not too sure how uh, how they got left out of the top 100. But I'm gonna start off with Yellow Card, Ocean Avenue. Again, I'm not just a fan of this song, but this was a really a lot of people apparently were a fan of the song as well. The single itself will go on to go two times platinum in the U.S. and also charted in the U.K., Scotland, Australia, and New Zealand. The song would also the album itself, uh, given the same name, Yellow uh, Ocean Avenue. I'm sorry, will go on to be certified platinum as well with over eight uh what's well, sorry with almost 2,000 copies sold uh the first single off the album uh will go on to reach number 15 which was uh higher than ocean avenue on the chart so uh well higher in which uh ocean avenue peaked on the chart so you had two singles that would uh, eventually you know find their way in the top 100 uh, a single that would go on to sell over a million copies with ocean avenue and an album itself that would go on to sell almost two million copies and like i said go platinum so I don't know how that misses the charts. Again, I'm a fan of it, uh, but again, it was a really big hit, and uh, in my opinion, especially at that time of the year, in the summertime of 2004, and I don't know how that song missed. Uh, we also got T.I. here. I think they missed out on a couple songs by him. Uh, for one, I think they missed out on Robert Bandman. This song reached, uh, which this song would peak, excuse me, at number 11 on the hot, the hot rap tracks of the year, uh, and also number 30 on the Billboard uh, Top 100. This song will go on to be ranked at number 61 on Complex's list of best rap songs of the decade and also number 34 of their list of best Atlanta rap songs. I do agree with those two. Um, matter of fact, it could even be a little bit higher, especially on the Atlanta rap song uh, list. Uh, but again, this song was hot in 2003 and also was hot in 2004. I'm not too sure why this song did not really make it to the charts or really stay on the charts for that long. Um, I thought this was one of T.I.'s better songs, in my opinion, at least back in this time. But I think what led to that probably was just Little John's dominance and all his guys and all his cronies. Uh, you also got Let's Get Away here. This song would also chart at number 35 on the top 100 and number 10 on the rap charts. Again, the album Trap Music was a really big hit for T.I. and I'm not too sure how they missed out on that one. Uh, I know it went multi-platinum and Again, it's just one of those things. How did they miss it? I thought it was a big miss for Billboard. Um, moving on, let's, let's wrap everything up for today. We're going to move on to the... the finally, we're going to move on to the top 10. Let's just get right into it. At the number 10 spot, we got Lean Back by the Terror Squad. Of course, Fat Joe uh, is in that. Uh, this song will go on to top the R&B and hip-hop charts for over a month. This song got consistent radio play. When I say consistent, I mean every day was on radio uh it was number 55 on bh1's top 100 uh top 100 greatest songs in hip-hop i do agree with that matter of fact i could probably say it's a, be a little bit higher which is the amount of radio plays it got it was also the number 45 song uh, of the decade according to uh billboard and also the number 22 rap song of the decade it was certified gold in the u.s and of course it was fat joe's first 
and a first number one here uh moving on to number nine we got goodies by sierra featuring pete pablo this song will go on to be nominated for best soul or rap uh rap song at the uh soul train music awards i'm sorry r&b or rap song or rap song at the soul train music awards it'll uh, go on to debut at number 85 on the hip-hop and rap charts and number uh, number 94 on the top 100 she'll go on to reach the top spots on both of those both of those charts and hold the spot down for seven weeks in both of those spots uh she has the, the longest number one debut longest running number one debut single by a female artist since 1977 and this is in 04 of course and this was the number 31 best song of the decade uh according to billboard and this song would also reach number one in the uk this was this was uh the youngest uh this would be the youngest by a solo artist to debut in britain as well so uh sierra did make some history with the track uh the single will go on to go platinum in the u.s and uh, let's move on to that album goodies the self-titled well not the self-titled album but the, the album goodies this will be uh this will be uh, the 19th best album of the year, according to Billboard. Also, the 12th on the R&B finished 12th on the R&B hip hop charts. We're going to finish uh, three times platinum in the U.S. and we're going to go platinum in Canada as well. Also, go gold in Ireland, Japan, and the U.K. I didn't necessarily like the song "Goodies." It was alright. The beat was cool. I actually like Kenny Powell's verse. I just don't get where Sierra was coming from. Uh, I don't get what she's all about. She wasn't trying to give away the goodies, but she had no she had no problem with being with some dude that had money and was trying to pay her. Pay you for what? Give you money for what? Just to look good? We don't got time for that, Sierra. No, I didn't like it. Uh, I liked um, One Two Step better. <laughs> a goodie was, I guess, was I. Oh, I liked O too. Oh, with Ludacris, that song was pretty solid. That song was cool. Uh, moving on, we got the number eight track, Hey Ya, by Outkast, basically Andre 3000 in this one. Uh, this song will go on to reach number one in the US, Australia, Canada, Norway, uh, and also Sweden. It was also number, the number 20th song of the decade on Billboard. This will go, oh, actually, it was ranked by, and it was also ranked by Pitchfork as a number two song between 2000 and 2004. I can actually agree with that one. Uh, New York Magazine will go on to also rank this song as number three on their uh, their list of top 100 songs over the past 15 years, and this was done in 2011. Uh, the, the single itself will go on to be certified platinum in the U.S., two times platinum in the U.K. and Australia. Also won a Grammy for the best urban slash alternative performance. Also nominated for record of the year, and the one also won the BET for video the BET award for video of the year. The song would also go on to reach. Uh, the top 10 in Austria, Finland, France, Germany, Ireland, and Switzerland. So again, this man in this album was the shit. I'm just saying. That's my opinion. Of course, at number 7, we have I Don't Wanna Know by Mario Winings. We already talked about that one. Also, as well as number, the number 6 song, The Reason by Hooper's Name. Coming in at number 5, we have uh, your boy, um, Big Boy. <laughs> with the way you move uh this was the number 22 song of the decade according to billboard uh this was outcast third number one single i believe uh 
But yeah, their third number one single. This song will also reach number seven in Australia and also number nine in Denmark. Uh, as for the speaker box love below album or double album, this will go on to win album of the year or be awarded album of the year by the Village Voice Jazz and Pop Critics. This also will go on to be nominated for six Grammys and will win three, including album of the year, uh, best urban alternative performance, of course, with that being Hey Ya, and also best rap album. Uh, 2012, this will uh, be ranked number one on Complex's rank of albums of the decade. I definitely agree with that one. The album will also go on to sell uh, 500,000 copies in its first week and will certify, certify, has been certified, excuse me, certified 11 times platinum. Uh, up next with the, with the number four song, of course, This Love by Maroon 5. We talked about that one. If I Ain't Got You by Alicia Keys, we also talked about that one. Also a big major hit from her. At the number two spot, we got Burn by Usher. This has got to be one of the biggest singles of all time, in my opinion. Next to the number one song, we're going to talk about that too, of course. Uh, but of course, uh, Usher got nominated for two Grammys because of this song. Best Male uh, R&B Performance, Vocal Performance, and also Best R&B Song. This song I'm going to spend 12 weeks at, uh, at number one on the charts. It's also the fifth most played song of the year with three uh, 350,288 plays in total that year. God damn. How? How is what I'm saying. How? 355,000 plays. Uh, this was a, uh, it's also, um, the song will also be certified platinum. Uh, Usher is the first act since the Beatles in 1964 to have two singles at the top of the year in charts at number one and two. Of course, the song will also reach number one in the UK and in New Zealand, as well as number two in Australia and in Scotland. And finally, of course, the number one song of the year. Oh, man. The number one song of that decade, probably. Yeah. Why not? Uh, we got Yeah, uh, course featuring Lil John and Ludacris. It's the second number one. This is the sorry. This is the longest uh, number uh, number one single of 2004. The longest running number one single of 2004, uh, meaning it was number one for the, you know the uh, the most amount of time. It was also certified platinum in the U.S. Uh, four times platinum in the U.S. Excuse me. It was also certified platinum in Australia, uh, Canada, Germany, and Norway, and also went two times platinum in New Zealand. So the Kiwis, they love us. They love our hip hop out. They buying us up. So New Zealand, I mean, buy New Zealand buys whoever is raw. I've been noticing that um, since I've been looking at these these uh, stats. New Zealand buys all the records. They got so many so many artists have gone platinum in New Zealand that haven't gone platinum in the U.S. It's not even funny. Y'all must love our music. <laughs> um, the, uh, the song itself will go on to win a Grammy for Best R&B Hip Hop Collab. Uh, it was also nominated for Record of the Year, which I don't know how it did not win. Uh, it was also ranked at number number two for Billboard's list of songs of the decade. Uh, it was also the most played song in the U.S. of that year, according to Neil Scan broadcast ratings, with 4,996,805 uh, plays. God damn uh, Time Magazine also ranked it as its number one uh, song of 2004 as well. Uh, the con con for as for Confessions, the album, the album will go on to sell 1.1 million copies in its first week. It also won uh, the 
won a Grammy for Best R&B Album. Uh, also sold 8 million copies in 04. It's going to be certified diamond with over 10 million copies sold. It was the highest ever first week sales for an R&B album with 1 million copies. Like I said, uh, what's um sorry, uh, it was a uh, it was also the fourth best selling album in France and also the second best selling album in Norway as well. It was certified five times platinum in Australia, six times platinum in Canada. It was also certified platinum in Hungary, Japan, five times platinum in New Zealand. Also, it was certified uh, platinum in Switzerland and five times platinum in Britain. One of the highest selling albums of all time, at least in R&B. Completely changed the face of music, I believe. Music sales were down. This pretty much saved the industry. Uh, at least for a moment, of course, we will transition more to digital and streaming. That eventually will come. But for one last hurrah, record sales were king. And of course, there's no, I mean, come on. There's no question about who the king of this year was, Usher. You have the number one and number two single. You have the number two track. The highest selling album of the year by, by far. And if we're talking about concurrent sales and all that, this album has been on Diamond. No other album on this list or no other album, uh, you know, related to the singles that are on this list come close. Even if you talk about the singles and the sales of the singles, they don't come close. In terms of radio plays, in terms of certifications, Usher was the man this year. He still was the man. <laughs> so, uh, with all that being said, y'all, I'm going to call it a wrap for today. This was my year in perspective of 2004. So, I'm going to call it a wrap, y'all. My next episode, of course, I'll be going over it. Um, well, we have a, we'll have a word on the street segment for you guys. And, of course, I got some MLB news for you guys. I'll be going over the NFL as well. I got some more college football previews for you guys. Two more conferences to go, go over. Uh, again, the Sun Belt, which I am basically done with that preview i gotta do the uh, i gotta do the american conference as well of course we have some divisional previews for the nfl we still gotta go over and of course we got some uh preseason matchups that are going to be coming up in a couple of days so we'll be talking about all that as well all right y'all i'm gonna call it a wrap for today if you're looking to get in touch with me i do have a gmail account at ljbutler75 at gmail.com that is eljbutler75 at gmail.com once again that is eljbutler75 at gmail.com also got a facebook page and an instagram as well at l jamal johnny that is e l j a m a h a d j a n i e l j a m a h a d j a n i all right i also have a facebook page for the show as well at never out of bounds give that a look as well all right y'all i'm signing out for today if anybody hasn't told you yet peace out one love and of course i love you all right now i'll let y'all later